recovery is the yin to the yang of physical training. A training plan without a plan for recovery is a plan to fail. Hey folks, this is Mark Devine. Welcome back. This is the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. This podcast is going to be a solo cast, so I will be interviewing myself. And we're going to finish up our discussion of the three pillars of longevity with the second and third pillar of rest and recovery and integrated training. So you may recall that I mentioned earlier that a lifelong practice of three pillars of excellence can be both extremely rewarding and alter the quality of your life significantly. The first pillar was proper fueling. We dove into that a few weeks ago. Proper fueling revolves around effective breathing, hydration, macro and micronutrients. Now, the second pillar, which I'm going to cover here, is on recovery, which also includes sleep. And the final third pillar is on integrated training. Recover. The words recover were music to the ears of my fellow SEAL trainees and I. After being dropped for endless rounds of push-ups or the infamous 45-minute leaning rest, which looks surprising like a push-up without any rest, the words were in order to stop what we were doing and just to stand up. Now, just changing from the leaning push-up position to standing or whatever came next was a huge relief and gave us critical time to restore our bodies and minds to prepare for the next fight. Now, ever since SEAL training, I've gained more and more appreciation for the importance of that word recover as a pillar of longevity. Now, recovery is the yin to the yang of physical training. A training plan without a plan for recovery is a plan to fail. Effort expended depletes energy stores, which need to be recharged through some form of effective recovery. Now, there are many forms of recovery. Some can be performed in an instant. Others require minutes, hours, days, or weeks. Let's talk about event working recovery. Now, many athletes blaze through a workout thinking of the pain and getting it over with, but they miss opportunities to recover mid-workout. Elite athletes will plan their work in a rhythm that allows for recovery of different systems or muscles during the work. During a workout, the primary tools of recovery are relaxation of the body through breath and visualization. Pausing after a high-intensity interval with five deep tactical breaths, the body completely relaxed, eyes closed, while visualizing energy rushing into the body is an example of event working recovery. An executive taking a minute of mindful awareness on her breath while visualizing a positive outcome before an important meeting is another. I call these spot drills in my book, The Way of the Seal, and they're an important way to weave recovery and training into an integrated process during your performance. This level of nuanced recovery has a powerful effect on one's overall energetic state, bringing balance and a positive charge to your internal batteries while you're in the fight. Let's talk about post-event recovery. Now, there was a time when I would finish a grueling workout, take a shower, and hit the next evolution with equal intensity. Since it didn't usually involve more physical work, I assumed all was okay. But what I was missing was another opportunity to reset my nervous system, pull energy back into my body, and recharge my mind. After the work, whether a single workout, a challenging event, or a big project, it's natural to need some downtime. So don't ignore that urge. Plan and take time to recover. You have given all you have, push the limits, put out, now retreat, draw in, and rest. The methods for post-event recovery largely depend on the tools that you have available or have you been trained in. I like a recovery sequence 
from Kokoro Yoga, but any stretching can do. Recovery breathing is also a must, and perform it for at least 20 minutes after a demanding workout. After a 20-mile fast-paced ruck or a long ocean swim, time in an infrared sauna, hot tub, or ice bath is nice. Deep tissue massage is even more of a benefit. So how much you put into post-event recovery depends upon the intensity and duration of the event. I recommend 10 minutes for every hour of training as a rule of thumb. A two-hour workout would require 20 minutes of focused recovery. An eight-hour ruck means an 80-minute session of breathing, massage, stretching, sauna, or hot tub. 52 hours of Kokoro, well, you get the picture. What about training cycle recovery? Now, we've discussed recovering from a workout and a focused event, but what about a training cycle or other cyclical period of focused work? Well-designed strength training will have a deload week programmed in after the maximal effort week. This is an example of training cycle recovery. Often, a training cycle will end with an event, so the post-event recovery can kick off a training cycle recovery. Changing up the training plan is a great way to recover from a cycle. The variety and newness will bring energy and momentum. So if you finish a Wendler's strength cycle, try Westside Barbell or German volume training if you're up for it. If you complete three months of advanced operator wads, take a break and do shorter CrossFit wads for a month or two. The lower work volume will allow you to increase your intensity and help your body-mind system recover to a new level of possible. For a busy entrepreneur or executive, pay attention to cycles in your work patterns. After a product launch, take a few days to nurture yourself on a retreat. If you feel burnout coming on, schedule time to go into nature and just do nothing. Nothing in nature is one of my favorite recovery tools, and it is free most of the time. Now, this last point is a good one for me to reinforce. There are a ton of recovery tools, methods, and hacks. Most are useful, but if they don't stand the test of time and simplicity, I find they can fall short. I was recently asked to test an electro simulation device but I found it cumbersome to use, so I don't really often use it. And my infrared sauna is great until it broke. And that hot tub I'm installing is going to be sweet, but it must be maintained. And that hot yoga studio across the street is packed with grunting, sweaty, and nosy people. So though these are all really effective methods, I find that my best recovery comes from the free and simple tools such as a meditation session, a mindful walk on the beach while breathing deeply, spending quality time with my family, or being in any natural setting without my iPhone. The bottom line is to have a plan to reset your nervous system, draw energy in after expending it, and taking time to recover homeostatic balance during and after hard work. Now let's talk about one of the topics that a lot of people struggle with, and it's related to recovery, and it is sleep. Sleep has gotten little attention in the past, but it is crucial for you to sleep well, to perform at an elite level, and to achieve the optimal health you deserve. But I only need five hours, I hear. I've heard that from many SEALs and high-performing executives. And I only sleep five hours, and that's all I need. This is self-deceit. Not a lie, mind you, because if you believe this, then I believe you, that you believe you only need five hours. But my chances are you're feeling burned out and out of balance. And you don't appreciate the importance of sleep for recovery and balance of the neuroendocrine, nervous, and mental health systems. It might seem obvious, but recent research is finally revealing that sleep deprivation leads to performance degradation. 
which can only be rectified by getting more sleep. My teammate and former SEAL, Dr. Kirk Parsley, has made it his mission to study sleep. Many of the combat vet SEALs he studied had extreme hormonal imbalances due to sleep deprivation. They had testosterone levels of 13-year-old girls. The SEALs would sleep for a troubled four hours a night, then get it up, hit a hardcore workout for a couple hours that would further jack up their overextended adrenals. Cortisol production was over the top with these guys compared to the critical growth hormone and the testosterone that they needed for recovery. This problem is not limited to special operators, but is rampant in our overworked, overstimulated society. Combine this with inadequate fueling and recovery, and you have the recipe for personal disaster. Kirk's research shows that anything less than seven hours, give or take a half hour based on individual needs, of quality sleep at night will lead to a gradual degradation of performance and health. Five hours a night will give you the mental state of being mildly drunk the next day and will lead to an extra pound or more of weight packed on for every month of deficit. Wow. A larger nightly shortfall will have even more negative impact, leading to serious health and performance concerns. So if you're a high-performing individual yet your schedule only allows for five hours of sleep, or that's all you can muster, then you need a plan to get that extra 14 hours of restoration every week. Now that plan can include napping, sleeping late on weekends, or a sleep vacation. An even better plan would be to figure out how to get the requisite number of high-quality hours of sleep each night. How do you sleep well? Well, the first four hours of sleep seem to be the most critical for physiological recovery. This is when you're going to dip into the level of brain activity associated with deep, dreamless sleep, when your hormonal balance is restored. After these first four hours, we're going to move into and out of other layers which address different recovery aspects of our physical and psychic well-being, such as allowing our subconscious mind to process with dreams. If you want to geek out on the science, check out Kirk's website, docparsley.com, or you can meet him in person at our upcoming Unbeatable Mind retreat in December. See unbeatablemind.com for information there. Now, there is a number of tactics that you can employ to reinforce your sleep, but ultimately, this issue comes down to lifestyle choices. But elevating this crucial aspect of recovery to the same level of importance as fueling and training is key. First, black out your room. This may seem obvious. We sleep best in totally dark places, but too often there's ambient light, a night light or outside lights that can affect the timing of your melatonin release, disturbing the process of dropping into that deep sleep. So black out curtains, turn off all lights, and a night mask are all good ideas. Block the blue light. Using blue light blocking glasses, screens, or bulbs is a good idea too. I've got a pair of blue light glasses that I use if I intend to read using my iPad or watch a movie on Netflix with my wife. The blue light blocker prevents the light from tricking me into thinking it's still daytime. Turn off electronics and TV at least an hour before bed. The stimulation will also delay melatonin release and the onset of that crucial first four-hour sleep cycle. I believe reading for bed is a better option, one that never fails to put me to sleep pretty quickly. Don't eat anything at least two hours before bed. If you're unwilling to give up that late-night snack, then stay away from sugar and carbs, which are going to stimulate cortisol production. Also, limit your water intake an hour before bed so that you don't have to get up to use the bathroom during the night. Sleep supplements. You can use a sleep supplement, such as Doc Parsley's, to augment that melatonin and other micronutrients that will promote healthy sleeping. And keep your room cool. 
a cool 65 degrees. And because warm environments or too many blankets overheat you and keep you from going into that deep, deep sleep. Develop an evening ritual. I saved this one for last. Evening ritual is where you really set your body-mind system into a trajectory toward optimal sleep that would be hard to interrupt. Our enviable mind evening ritual includes a recapitulation visualization and journaling exercise that helps to eradicate any regret from the day. It will also prevent restless sleep where your subconscious mind has to wrestle with problems from the day. Additionally, we'll use specific breathing and meditation exercise to help prepare the hormonal and nervous systems for the work that they need to do during the sleep cycle. Developing an evening ritual is a silver bullet for sleep, though the other tactics are important support tools. Are you ready to start or to reboot your journey toward personal mastery? If so, I'd like to invite you to join me at the 5th Annual Unbeatable Mind Retreat in San Diego, California, on December 2nd to 4th. For three action-packed days, we're going to be learning and growing from leading wellness, fitness, and leadership experts such as Ben Greenfield, Jesse Itler, Rob Wolf, and Jimmy Chin, among others. The Unbeatable Mind team and I will also work with you on creating an action plan to help set you on the path for achieving breakthroughs in areas such as your health, fitness, relationships, business, finances, and more. You'll also have a chance to learn new skills to refine your physical and mental training with boot camp workouts, Kokoro yoga, breath empowerment, and other activities, including a charity wad benefiting the Christopher Reeve and our own Courage Foundation. Now, last year's event was sold out, so don't wait to register if this excites you. Make 2017 your best year ever by a long shot and join me at the Unbeatable Mind Retreat. For more information, go to www.retreat dot unbeatablemind.com that's www.retreat.unbeatablemind.com hoo-yah all right let's move on to the final pillar of these three pillars of longevity the final pillar is integrated training let's talk about the five domains of the whole person contrary to how we're taught to think that we have a body and a brain and a soul which operate as separate systems, the reality is that our body, mind, spirit is an enmeshed whole. The innate intelligence that we come into the world with exists in every cell of our body. And the energy that enlivens our body is the same energy that powers our mind. And our spirit, which resides in our spiritual heart center, silently guides and observes our thoughts and actions. One way to look at it is that we have five key aspects of our being, which we call the five domains. These are the physical domain. Physical domain is the structure and the systems and the physiology of the body. The mental domain is the intellectual and thinking personality, a.k.a. our ego. Now, the emotional domain is that feeling aspect of our being, which also includes our shadow self. And then there's the intuitional domain. This is the sensing and perceiving of the innate wisdom that's inside us and a connection to thoughts and feelings of others and maybe universal intelligence. And then finally, there's what we call, what I call the Kokoro domain. This is the mind joined with the spiritual center, which then infuses the remaining domains with our spirit's wisdom. We can call attainment of mastery in this last domain at integration or enlightenment. So these five domains are all naturally interwoven. But if we cut off the experience of integration through distraction or an overly stimulated thinking mind, then we lose out on the experience of integration. Fortunately, 
I found that through training these five domains over the years through Unbeatable Mind, that they can be experienced independently and, and then reintegrated through a developmental process, a process that refines each domain in a progressive manner and unlocks the potential that each holds. This is the form of integrated training that I call five mountain training. So what is five mountain training? If we take each domain and begin to train it with the explicit goal of integrating personal development, then we unlock an accelerated process of growth to and through higher stages of consciousness, each stage which transcends but includes former stages. A discussion of these stages is found in my book, Unbeatable Mind. And if you want a deeper dive, I recommend Ken Wilber's exceptional book, A Theory of Everything. Our aim here is to take personal responsibility to evolve ourselves to an integrated level. All the great wisdom traditions agreed that there was a stage of consciousness that was experienced as a unique perspective, a world-centric, peaceful, non-attached, energized, and spiritually aware perspective. Now really, who wouldn't want to evolve to that level? Well, I guess the answer to that question is those who aren't ready to put forth the effort don't really want to evolve to that level because it does require work. But I'm trusting that if you're listening to this, you're not in that category. So let's take a quick look at some of the training methods for integration along the five-mountain path. The physical mountain includes functional fitness, breathing properly for fuel, mindful movements such as a yoga asana, and physiological control through the breath. These are all training methods for the physical mountain. The mental mountain includes the witness process, mindfulness development, concentration training, breath control, meditation, mantra, and contemplation, among others. The emotional mountain is trained through recapitulation, visualization, which is kind of like personal depth therapy, reframing, EMDR, authentic communication, and crucibles. All are very effective for training the emotional mind. And by the way, I'll also recommend that you get an emotional coach, aka therapist, to guide you along the emotional mountain journey. The intuitional mountain is trained through breath awareness, sensory deprivation, immersion in nature, silent retreats, chakra and nadi clearing, and other forms of breath and meditation training. And Kokoro Mountain. Kokoro Mountain is something we spend a lot of time working on here at SealFit and in Unbeatable Mind. This is about living your ethos, defining your ethos, getting a clear vision for what your purpose and passion and principles are here on this planet. A deep commitment to a cause or a mission and heartfelt service are the resultant effects of this. And surrendering to a higher power, learning to forgive and to deeply connect to all people are methods that we practice on this mountain journey. So this clearly seems to be more of a way of a life than a training method, and it's true that it is. This entire philosophy is a way of life, and it has daily, monthly, and yearly practices and training routines and rituals. Trust me, it is a powerful developmental model which is grounded in ancient warrior tools for unlocking maximum human potential, but I've designed it for the busy modern professional. And when integrated training is combined with the first two pillars of effective fueling and sleep and recovery, it will unlock potential leading to elite level performance in anyone who 
locks onto the three pillars and allow one to achieve self-mastery in service to something amazing in this lifetime. And that is powerful medicine. Thanks for your time today, folks. I hope everything's going great. Stay focused, train hard, and I will talk to you soon. Hoo-yah. Coach Divine out. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.